Well, as we begin our time of study today, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for uh, the wonders of this day, Lord, for the ways that you already have proven yourself to be at work in our community and in our church. Lord, we thank you for Brother Raymond's testimony, for her, his, his granddaughter, Lauren, who's come to faith in Christ. And Lord, we do pray for her uh, discipleship, pray that she would continue to walk in faithfulness and, and uh, to know you as her uh, Lord and to follow, her, follow you faithfully throughout her years. Father, we pray that uh, for all of us, that we would be spurred on to love and good deeds, that we would be spurred on to faithfulness, that we would uh, see our calling in this life, first and foremost, to be witnesses for you in this world. Father, I pray that you would bless me as I preach your word today, that you would give me the strength and the words to say that I might encourage and build up and uh, send these, your people, out into this world as faithful witnesses. I pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. So we're going to be in Romans chapter 15 again this morning. And if you remember from last time, I said we're coming to the end of our book, uh, coming to the end of our study in the book of Romans. And we've been going all year in the book of Romans and finally coming to the end of it. And we'll look at the end of Romans chapter 15 today. And then we're going to look at one passage in Romans 16 next week. And then we're, uh, for the month of November, I want to dedicate the, the four Sundays that we have in the month of November to just simple gospel messages. And so I want to encourage you, if you have a friend or a co-worker or a family member or uh, uh, anyone that you think uh, needs to hear the gospel, you've been trying to get them to come to church or you've been praying about them come to church, continue to pray, continue to invite, uh, especially during this time that I'm going to be preaching through these gospel messages because the intention of them is just simply to present the gospel to you each week as we go through the month of November to remind you if you're already a believer, to remind you of the hope of the gospel. If you've been coming and you've never accepted Jesus, but you, you, you uh, have been coming faithfully and you uh, are, are considering coming to faith in Christ and following Him, then it's for you as well. Uh, or for anyone who you could think of that you need to be inviting and, and bringing to church, it's for them. So please uh, be in prayer as we come to this month of November and start going through these gospel messages that people will come, that we will uh, listen attentively, and that the, God, that the Lord would do His work in uh, those people hearing the gospel and being saved. Uh, and so today we're going to finish uh, Romans chapter 15, and as we work through Romans, we're coming to the end of Paul's thought, the end of his argument that he's been making throughout the book of Romans. If you'll remember, I said at the beginning of the book of Romans that the reason that Paul is writing this letter to the Roman church is so that he might show that they have common cause in the gospel of Jesus Christ and that the Roman church and Paul believe the same things about who Jesus is and how you can come to faith in Christ and how you can be saved and all of that stuff. And he hopes that in their common cause, they might be a place of support and, uh, and, a, and basically a, a base of operations for him as he wants to go out on a mission trip into Europe, particularly to Spain and hopefully beyond that even to Great Britain. And in our passage today, Paul reveals 
his heart for missions. It's a heart that we also should have as we seek to reach the lost and be willing to give and to go to support missions to the ends of the earth. And so today I want us to consider what our mission is as a church, what our mission is as individuals, uh, how concerned are we to be about reaching the lost throughout this world, how concerned are we to be in giving to support that, and even uh, to consider going in the support of missions around this world. And so let's read together Romans chapter 15, verses 14 through 21, as we consider what Paul has to say to us today. Romans chapter 15, verses 14 through 21, God's Word says, I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge and able to instruct one another. But on some points I have written to you very boldly by way of reminder because of the grace given to me by God to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles in the priestly service of the gospel of God so that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In Christ Jesus, then, I have reason to be proud of my work, of, work for God, for I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience, by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and all the way around to Illyricum, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. And thus, I make it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. But as it is written, those who have never been told of, of him will see, and those who have never heard will understand. So from this passage this morning, I want us to see three points about missions. First, I want us to see the purpose of missions. Second, I want us to see the pride of missions. And third, I want us to see the priority of missions. So first, let's consider the purpose of missions from verses 14 through 16. So Paul says something here that we could easily miss. And, and we're going to do a little bit of Bible work here to, to remember some things that I've already said that Paul has already talked about. So if you remember from last sermon, I know all of y'all remember it vividly, my last sermon, uh, right? Y'all could tell me what I preached on last week. Uh, some of y'all are good about taking notes, so y'all could, y'all could probably do that if you look back in it. But uh, in last week, we talked about how... Uh, that God has made this promise way back in Genesis chapter 12. He made a promise to Abraham that he would bless him, that he would make his name great. And most importantly for all of us in this room, that through him, he would bless all the world. He would bless all nations through Abraham. And the way that God ultimately has done that is through a descendant of Abraham, Jesus Christ. That Jesus was the child of Abraham who would bless the whole world. So in his death and his resurrection, Jesus is bringing right now in this very hour around this world. Jesus is through the gospel message bringing people into the family of God. And every nation 
Every tongue, every people group is being blessed through the descendant of Abraham, who is Jesus Christ. And so God has always intended, always promised that he would do that. And he is still fulfilling that promise to bring the world to himself through Jesus. But there's an interesting pattern that develops in the New Testament that I want you to notice. And and you can understand this pattern with this simple saying. And I encourage you, you, if you take notes or you like to write in your Bible, I encourage you to write this down maybe in the front of your Bible because it's a great way of understanding what the gospel means to you as a Christian. And it's a simple saying that goes like this. What is true of Jesus is true of us. What is true of Jesus is true of you. In other words, if you are in Jesus Christ through faith in Him, you are being made to be like Him through the presence of His Holy Spirit. So, because Jesus is righteous, you are righteous. Because Jesus is holy, you are holy. It's not because... You're holy in and of yourself. It's not because you're righteous in and of yourself. But when Jesus is righteous, because Jesus is righteous, you are righteous through faith in him. Because Jesus is the son of God, you, through faith in Jesus Christ, are now a child of God. You're a son or a daughter of God. Because Jesus has all power, Paul says in uh, Ephesians chapter 3 that we have the same resurrection power that Jesus has. And so we have that through uh, through His Spirit. Because He was the witness of God, you now are a witness of God. Jesus inaugurated the kingdom of God through His ministry and through His death and resurrection. And now we, because we are filled with His Spirit and living in this world as faithful believers, we live out that same kingdom day in and day out. Jesus opened the door to the Gentiles. He made the way for all who were outside of the promise of Abraham to be brought into the family of God through His death and His resurrection. And now we are tasked with bringing in those who need to hear the gospel by taking the gospel to the uttermost parts of the earth. So what is true of Jesus is true of us. So Paul says in verse 16 that he is a minister to the Gentiles as though he were a priest bringing an offering of thanksgiving. So in saying this, Paul is explicitly claiming to uh, the fulfillment of prophecy. He's saying, I, right now, in carrying the gospel to the Gentiles and in Gentiles coming to faith in Jesus Christ, I am fulfilling the prophecy of God. And it's the prophecy we read at the beginning of our service today. In Isaiah chapter 66, verse 20, Isaiah promises that one day they shall bring all your brothers from all the nations as an offering to the Lord just as the Israelites bring their grain offering in a clean vessel to the house of the Lord. So here is the purpose of missions. Why do we carry out missions? Why do we want to give money to send missionaries to the uttermost parts of the earth? 
Why do we want to tell other people in our work and in our school, in our daily lives? Why do we want to tell other people about Jesus? Here's why we want to do that. Because we want to bring glory to God by seeing people come to faith in Jesus Christ. That's why we take the gospel with us when we leave this place. That's why we share the gospel in our daily lives. That's why we give to support missions throughout this world. We do it because we want God to be glorified. You see, missions is ultimately an act of worship. It's not something we tack on at the end of everything else that we do for the Lord. Missions is an act of worship, just like what we're doing right here and right now is an act of worship. Telling other people about Jesus, giving to send missionaries to other parts of the world, that is, an, is ultimately an act of worship. When lost people of any stripe come to faith in Jesus Christ, it glorifies God and it testifies to His greatness. I say this every time I get the chance. If you want to see a miracle of God, share the gospel. Because when God works in the heart of a, a non-believer, and I've seen it happen time and again, you go to share the gospel and you go up to a person you think they're not paying attention to me, they won't listen to me. They don't care anything about what I'm saying. You share the gospel anyway, and all of a sudden they turn around and say, yeah, I want to receive Jesus. And you're like, my goodness, how did that happen? Well, it didn't happen because of you. It happened because of a miracle of God, the presence of His Holy Spirit changing the heart of someone that He just used you to bring someone to faith in Jesus Christ. And when that happens, it's like an offering that the Israelites would have brought to God and given in the temple. When we bring, uh, share the gospel and someone comes to faith in Jesus Christ, it is like we're giving an offering to God, uh, a thanksgiving offering to God in praise. So the second point that I want you to see from this passage is the pride of missions from verses 17 through 19. Paul says that if he has anything to be proud of, it is in the fact that, that God has used him to reach the Gentiles for the gospel. Now, this is an interesting way of talking about pride because it's not the typical way we talk about pride. When we, want, when we talk about pride, what we mean is that I want other people to recognize an ability or an achievement that I've done. I want other people to value something about me or something that I've done as... Uh, as high as I value that thing. But that's not what Paul means by pride here. I want you to notice what Paul means by pride is that he is proud that God would use him for his purposes. He is proud not that he could preach well because Paul says in other places that he doesn't preach well. He's not proud because he can make a really good logical argument or because he can be winsome in a sermon. He's not proud of any of that. He is boasting in the fact that God would use little old him to bring other people to faith in Jesus Christ. And the same thing should be true of our pride. Now, I've seen it far too often that church members expect recognition for something that they've done or some way that they've given in the church. They want recognition not so that they can bring glory to God, 
but so that they might gain glory from it. You know, preacher, won't you say, won't you be sure to mention that I gave X, Y, or Z uh, so that they can gain recognition for it? Won't you, you know, maybe mention the fact that I did X, Y, or Z for the church in one way or another? But Jesus warns against this type of pride. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 1, he says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Instead, we should be proud when God gains the glory through what we do in this church. We should be proud not of what we have done, but what, what God has done through us. When we see a person come to faith in Christ and we recognize that we had something to do with it, it shouldn't be, hey, I want, I want you to point out that I had something to do with that. It should be, praise God, someone came to faith and God used me to do it. Amen. So we should be proud that when we see children being discipled in Sunday school, knowing that our faithful giving, Sunday in and Sunday out, there are, uh, you know, a hundred people in this church that give faithfully week in and week out to support the missions and ministries of this church. And we should be proud of the fact that children are being discipled in Sunday school. And it's our giving that keeps those lights on, that buys the material so that that can happen. We should be proud when new faces come to our fall festival, knowing that we help collect candy and we decorated a trunk and we uh, we baked a cake or whatever it is and we helped to point them to Jesus in those small ways. We should be proud of that and be glad that God used us to glorify Himself. We should be proud when we raise, as we did last year, over $9,000 for international missions, knowing that we gave of our blessings throughout this year so that God, the gospel would go to those who have not We should be proud of the fact that God uses us for His eternal plans. So finally, we find the priority of missions in verses 20 and 21. So Paul states that his priority of missions is to go where the gospel has not been preached. And he states this both both negatively and positively. First of all, he says, my ambition is is to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. Now, whenever I talk about missions, inevitably, someone will say something like this. They'll say, Preacher, I don't know why we send money overseas to all these foreign countries when there's so much that we could be doing right here in our little community. We have plenty of work to do here, so why are we giving to missions to send missionaries to foreign countries. Now, I certainly understand and I, I, I sympathize with the fact that there are lost people right here in Butler County, Alabama, up and down this road, sand cut and bowling and all around in this community. I understand that. But guess what? They have you. And the other thing is you can you know, the interesting thing about our community is you could you don't need to throw a rock up in the air because you might risk breaking stained glass windows. 
There are churches all over this county. I mean, just think about the fact that this church right here is in the middle of nowhere in Butler County, Alabama, reaching people in this community. And we, you could draw a circle three miles wide or three miles in radius and hit five other churches around us, right? This community has the presence of Jesus Christ, the presence of the gospel in churches, in Christian neighbors, in Christian co-workers, in, in, in uh, uh, family members. Lost people can't escape the influence of Christianity in this community. But hear me and let this sink in. I, I don't want you to miss this. I want you to understand this as we leave this place today. I want it to sit heavy on your heart today that this is true. There are places in this world where the name of Jesus has never even been heard. I want you to think about that. We hear it uh, even today as, as crazy as our society is. You can't go a day probably without hearing some Bible reference or some mention of Jesus on YouTube or social media or uh, a television show. Now, it might be using His name in vain, but His name is still heard. But there are places in this world where nobody even knows the name of Jesus. You can't go up to somebody and ask, well, what do you think about Jesus? Because they'd be like, is that like a neighbor you're talking about? Who are you talking about that you would ask me? What do you think about Jesus? There are places in this world where the word of God is unintelligible, not because people can't understand it, but because it hasn't been translated into their language. You, we have five Bibles per household in our community, even among people who don't go to church. But there are places in this world where they don't even have a translation of their Bible in their own language. There are places in this world where people are condemned to hell, not because they drove by the same church every day for 70 years and just never went in, but because there are no Christians within 500 miles of the town that they live in. So Paul states his priority positively also by quoting Isaiah chapter 52, verse 15, which prophesies of a day when all nations will believe the gospel. You see, brothers and sisters, understand that we should care about missions, we should give to missions. We should be willing to go on mission because it is the priority of God to reach the nations for His glory. So why should we give to missions even though there's plenty of, God, plenty of things to do right here in our community? Because God wants us to. Because that is the heart of God to send the gospel to places who have never heard of Jesus Christ. And it is the priority of God that you in your very community, in your family, in your work, in your, com in your community involvement, you should be a light to this community and share the gospel where you are. It is a priority of God to bring the nations to Himself for the sake of His glory. This isn't something that we do as just a, a, a feel-good, philanthropic initiative. This is life and death, heaven and hell type of stuff. 
And it is a beautiful act of worship that we would take the name of Jesus to those who have never heard. Church, I want you to hear me that it is my deepest passion as your pastor to see this church on fire for the mission of God. It is my deepest passion to see us give sacrificially so that people around this world will know Jesus. It is my deepest passion to see our hearts break for the fact that there are people around this world who have never heard the name of Jesus. It is my deepest passion that we at some point will begin to organize mission trips to go into the world and to support missionaries in their efforts in foreign lands. It's my deepest passion. I would love and I pray for this on a regular basis, that there would be a young man or a young woman that would be raised up in this church that would devote their lives as missionaries for the Lord. This must be a priority of our church. Not because the Southern Baptist Convention says we should and not because it's just a tradition of our Baptist church that we do this, but because we want to see God glorified and His name be known throughout this world. So there are two simple ways that I want to end my sermon today. Two simple ways that you can participate in missions over the next two months. One I've already talked about. We're doing Operation Christmas Child. And we're coming to the end of the month of October when we're collecting materials and goods to send to children around this world that will do exactly what I've been talking about. It's an opportunity for us to give a gift to those who have not heard the name of Jesus. And in giving that gift, it gives a missionary a chance to share the gospel with them that they bring those children together and they preach the gospel to them. They show a video of uh, the Jesus film or something like that. They give them Bibles in their translation, uh, in their language. They give them tracts in their language and they share the gospel with them. So these little things, and it's so easy. It's so easy to go to Dollar General or to Family Tree and get some uh, toys and some uh, 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 hygiene products and, and give to support this simple mission that we can carry out as a church here in our community. And we can pray for those boxes. We can pray for the children that will receive them. Another way is something that we did last year, and I want to do it again this year, and that is that during the month of, uh, months of November and December, we uh, began to focus on giving to support international missions. And the Southern Baptist Convention has a, a missions offering called Lottie Moon Christmas offering that we collect every year. And it's an opportunity for us as a church to support international missions around this world. Uh, the great thing about Lottie Moon, the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, is that every dime that we give goes to missionaries in the field. Our regular giving, when you give every week, a portion of that goes to the Southern Baptist Convention, which helps with the administration and all that. So that when you give to Lottie Moon, they don't use any of that for administrative costs. They don't use any of it for uh, the people in Nashville that keep the missionaries going and all that. It all goes to the mission field to support missionaries and their work. And I would ask that if you would consider 
giving of the extra money that you might have received this year. I'm not talking about your regular salary or your regular income. Uh, that should be tithed, and, and you can continue to do that. But uh, any money that you got as a bonus or a gift or whatever, consider giving some of that to support missions uh, through our church and through this Lottie Moon Christmas offering. You can do that this over the next two months as you pray about how, what you should give and how you should give. You can do that just simply by writing a check to the church. And on the memo, just put Lottie Moon or Christmas offering or, or, um, or special offering. And Miss Cindy will know that that should go to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. And we can do that. And I was so proud of our church last year. I didn't, the, uh, from what I understand, this was the first time we'd done that in a while. And I was thinking, okay, we'll raise a, you know, $1,000, $2,000. We raised $9,000 last year to go to international missions. And I'm not saying we have to do that again this year, but the Lord is honored by what we give to support missions. And so I hope that you'll pray about how you can give that. We'll continue to collect that through the month of uh, December. And so be in prayer about how you can give to support that and remember that as we do. And I'll continue to announce that. So I hope that we understand that missions is a, the priority of God because it brings glory to Him. It is a way of worshiping uh, through our acts of evangelism, through our acts of giving, through our acts of going on mission. And so as we close today, let's commit ourselves to these simple ways that we can support missions as a church and as individuals. Let's close with prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for the example of Paul who prioritized missions in the way that he lived, who was proud of the ways that you used him to bring glory to yourself and that we should have that priority of missions as well. Father, bless us now as we respond. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.